Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. All righty. I want everyone to open their Bible with me to Matthew chapter 4. This is Communion Sunday, and we're reading a text today that, that I think flows um, not only with us taking communion, but even with what's going on. It's the summertime, and, um, you know, every year when we get around, uh, right around this time, I feel a, a, almost like a burden to talk about topics like this, at least one message, um, because the summer is, uh, is a wonderful time in Chicago. It's so great um, not to have the gray and the cold, which we had for a long time, you know what I mean? Um, but the summer, summertime is also filled with a lot of temptation. And, um, and I, I want to get right into it. And that's going to be the title of my message today is Summertime Temptation. Um, I didn't know it would come out like that, but good. I'm glad it makes you giggle. <laughs> um, and it's true because, see, here's what happens. When, when the summer hits, and I've noticed this over the years, when the summer hits, there are all of these opportunities and people want to get, want to have fun. And yet, how many know just because we go on vacation doesn't mean we go on vacation from God? Okay? We don't go on vacation from God. And um, what I want to do is um, read this passage of Scripture. This is when Jesus himself was tempted so that we could learn um, some very important lessons. We don't have a lot of time uh, um, because we do have to take uh, um, communion, and, and that, you know, takes time in itself. This is a topic that can, we really could spend a long time addressing it, but we're going to be very narrow in our scope uh, of address today. So let's just go ahead right into it. Matthew uh, chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. It says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, uh, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up uh, in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone." Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you 
He said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. I want to just pray right now that God would give us insight. Listen, listen to me for a second. I want to pray that God would give us insight, awareness, and sensitivity. Okay? Insight, awareness, and sensitivity. The devil is crafty, and he's deceptive, and he wants to destroy us. And the word of God is the answer. How many would say amen? amen? So let's pray. Father, thank you for this beautiful day, Lord, in your house with your people. It is so good to lift up the name of Jesus in this place and to give you glory and honor and praise. And Father, I just ask that you would bless your word and that you would bless our hearts, oh God, our minds, our ears to hear what the Spirit would say. God, I pray that you would give us ammunition. I pray that you would uh, uh, prepare us, Father God, for the schemes of the enemy. And that we would walk in great authority and in great victory. Bless this time and bless all of your people in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen and amen. Now you realize that, that Satan tempts us in all four seasons. But we're just using summertime because that's where we are. Amen? Okay. Now, there are a couple things I need to say up front um, to really frame our, our, um, our understanding of this passage of Scripture. The, the verse starts with the fact that Jesus was led by the Spirit um, into the desert to be tempted. And that was for two reasons. Okay, Jesus was led by the Spirit into temptations for two reasons. Number one was to win the battle against Satan for us. Okay, in the Garden of Eden, Satan tempted Eve, and he deceived her, and he deceived Adam, and the fall came, and then also the nation of Israel failed when they were in the desert, they failed God, and now the second Adam, the son of the living God, comes, and this great conflict with Satan begins, and what Jesus was doing when he was experiencing this temptation is he was winning the battle for us. It is important for us to know that the life of victory is possible in Christ Jesus. And how do you know? You know because Jesus defeated Satan at every turn. Amen? Amen? Secondly, the reason for this temptation was that Jesus wanted to show us how to be victorious. He wanted us to understand that there is a way to walk in victory 
We're living in a day that is so darkened and so uh, uh, dismal, even in the church, that there are so many things that have been accepted which Christ does not want us to accept because the Bible says greater is he that is in us that is in the world and we can walk in victory. The key to victory is the word of God, brothers and sisters. Every time he said, it is written, everyone with me, it is written. The word of God has the ability to cause Satan to flee. The word of God has the authority to strike him down and to move him out. How many would say amen? We've got to be full of the word of God. You know, I, I wish I had time to, uh, um, to tell you. I was sitting with, with uh, Annie, my my middle child yesterday, and we were at the house just talking about all sorts of things, and we were talking about culture, and she was saying to me, you know, Dad, it's funny because when I listen to things, she was saying, I'm, I'm, I'm realizing there's this generation, this culture is so deceived. And she said, and it's because this is probably the first time that kids like me, when we went to school, our teachers were literally practicing all the things that your teachers were telling you not to do. Like even my teachers, like, like you know, practice this and practice that and live this way and live that way. So she was like, what I have to do sometimes is I have to try to step out of myself and, and realize how deceived the generations and this generation really is and have to stop and think the Bible to this because minds have become darkened. You see? And wherever the word of God is diminished, okay, darkness and deception reigns. If you want to walk in victory, the word of God must be elevated in your life. Your first response needs to be, it is written, the Bible says. The final authority for your choices, for, your, for how you want to live and where you want to go, it has to be the word of God. It has to be, it is written. God said, I put my word above my name. There is nothing higher than the word of God, brothers and sisters. You see, and if you're going to walk in victory, you have to realize that your first point of reference, your first stop has to be the Bible. And we say this all the time, you know that you're growing up in God when you go from saying, I feel to the Bible says. I feel is a very immature way to process life. I don't mean that in a, I'm not putting anyone down, okay? But I feel is not the way to make decisions. You know how we make decisions. We say the Bible says, thy word, think about this, okay? And I got I to gotta run quickly, but thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. A lot of people don't realize that what that means is that in a very dark time, like uh, now, my lamp is on my, on my iPhone. And I go like this, and I hit the thing, and it's got this little light. And if it's dark, right, you go like this. 
You know what I'm saying? What is that telling you? It's telling you that it's really dark out there. You see? And you have to use the word. So very, very important. First thing that we need to do as we look at this is we need to recognize the importance of the word. Jesus did teach us how to be victorious. And what the example that he said, that he set for us was, it is written. The next time you're having a, a decision to make, can you say, it is written? And those who know the truth, the Bible promises that the truth will what? Set you free. Okay, that's the first thing, very quickly. Secondarily, temptations are satanic devices designed to deceive, discourage, and defeat us spiritually. Okay, they, what they do is they prod us to give our appetites and senses the authority over God's word and spirit. Okay, so temptations, what they're trying to do, what the enemy does when he tries to tempt you, is he's trying to deceive discourage and defeat you spiritually, and what he's doing is get your appetites, get your senses, get your feelings to have authority over the word. You see? And so this is the way he, he plays upon us. He, he, he pokes and prods, okay? They are traps that are set on each individual's journey and pathway. Your temptations are different than my temptations. Okay, every person has different structural weaknesses, and he has a custom-made uh, uh, plan to bring your life down. Satan has a file on you. Okay, and that file is designed to exploit your weaknesses. So everyone needs to understand that, and he wants to bring us down, and he's crafty. Thomas Brooks put it this way, Satan does more damage dressed in sheepskin than dressed as a lion. Subtle, crafty, you know. Subtle and crafty, traps on the job, traps in school, you know, you know open doors that, 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 that excite your senses. Little conversations with, with that man or that woman by, by, by the coffee or by, the, by, by that desk that you walk by. They're little things, little things that are traps being set to bring us down. And so um, because of time, what we're going to do is just focus on his responses and how his responses really highlight what the enemy was trying to do and how he was trying to deceive. So let's jump into this very quickly. Um, when you see Jesus respond to Satan, okay, here's what he's saying, and he's saying this three times when it comes to turning the bread, uh, the, the stones into bread. Here's what Jesus was saying to Satan. Here's what his response was. We had to run right to the response because of time today. Could you put, put that up? Here's what Jesus was saying to the devil, and here's what he's encouraging us. Just because you have the appetite and the ability to do something doesn't mean you should indulge yourself. Okay? The tempter came to him and said, if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Why? Because he was hungry. Forty days. 
But, and, and not only was he hungry, but he had the power to turn those stones into bread. But just because you have the appetite and the ability to do something doesn't mean that you should give in. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Man doesn't live really by satisfying his appetites. On the contrary, man lives by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. How many know God is able to sustain? Sustain us with his word. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And so we're living in a day that because there's an appetite, people feel like, well, if I have the appetite, I should just, if I have the ability, I should just satisfy. But you know, that's a big lie. How many know kids wake up? One of the brothers said this this morning. How many know kids wake up wanting ice cream? I'm, do you feed your child ice cream for breakfast? And guess what? After you give them ice cream for breakfast, what do they want for lunch? Cake. <laughs> right? And then they'll top it off in the evening with cookies and jelly beans. Am I right? Okay. So we understand. We understand that just because we have an appetite and the ability, okay, to satisfy that appetite, that doesn't mean that we should indulge in it. Here's the key deception there. The key deception is this. The Father does not love you enough to provide, so you should provide for yourself. Okay? He's saying, look at how hungry you are. The, the, he's starving you. He's, he's not providing. He's neglecting you. You deserve it. You know, to temptation is, I remember that McDonald's commercial, you deserve a break today. You know, there's a McDonald's commercial that said that for, for you youngins, right? <laughs> the devil comes along and say, you deserve a break today. Go ahead and give in to that. And by the way, where's God? He doesn't want to provide for you. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to bless you. He doesn't want to satisfy you. Satisfy yourself. Can I tell you today, here's some, you're going to have to make a decision in advance. But this is, the way you make this decision is by filling yourself with the word of God. The more you spend time with God and fill yourself with the word of God, what happens is, is when Satan tries to tell you that your heavenly father is not good, that your heavenly father is a liar, you say, in the name of Jesus, my father is a good God. My father is not a liar. How many know our God is Jehovah Jireh, the wonderful, amazing provider? Blessed be the name of the Lord. But just because you don't get the ice cream doesn't mean you're going to die. Okay? You won't die. And, uh, and this, we're living in a day, guys, where there's so much chronic self-indulgence. People act like they're going to die. Okay, listen, I'm going to just say it. If you're single, all right, you won't die if you don't have sex outside of marriage. Okay? You won't die. It's better to wait. And by the way, it's better to get married. Okay? You see, there are all sorts of appetites out there. Oh, 
and we're being bombarded and everything is give in, give in, give in, give in. You see, but when you give in and you don't think about your heavenly father, you're actually stepping into a pit. You're actually stepping into bondage. You're actually stepping into something that brings incredible hurt and pain over time. You know, as I was, as I was um, thinking about the ability side of this, of this particular point, I remember the, the Chicago Bulls in their heyday when, they, when Dennis Rodman was just killing it. And he wrote a book, and the title of the book was Bad As I Want to Be. Okay? And, and Dennis Rodman, when he was in his heyday, big, strong, incredible, huge, like beast of a man. And just dominating uh, on the basketball court. And he was living the wild life and all that kind of stuff. And then like 10, 15 years after, you know, his heyday, he was a shriveled up guy doing reality shows talking about his addictions. Let me tell you something. Young people, no one is as bad as they want to be. No one. You sow to the wind and you will reap the whirlwind. That's the way it is. Listen, in the end, the righteous stand and the corrupt crumble. You know, it might taste good for a second, but in the end, it will destroy you. And so, God, open our eyes to see the deception. He says the Father won't provide and yes, the Father does provide. How many would say amen? <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord. Number two, notice the answers. I'm just focusing on the answers because of, because of time. Number two, Jesus said to Satan, responded to Satan in this wise. He said, just because you have the privilege to do something doesn't mean you should abuse it. Just because you have a privilege doesn't mean you should abuse it. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered, it's also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. You see? So, by the way, part of the reason why you need to know the word is because Satan is such a crafty liar is that he will even use the word to trick and to deceive. And a lot of people actually try to use the Bible to trick and deceive themselves. Okay? He didn't use the whole verse. Go back and look at the entire verse. It was, it was the, the blessing of this promise was about doing things that brought glory to God and, and, and fulfilling all of his ways and walking in all of his ways, not in your own way. That's what that text was about. But the key is, is we're living in a day, this has infiltrated the church, that Christians are saying, I'm free, I'm not under the law, I'm a child of God and I can do whatever I want. You see? And Christians are, are saying, we have privilege, we have privilege. Here's the key deception. Uh, 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 here's the key deception on this very quickly. The key deception is this. Use your privilege to serve yourself. Use your privilege to serve yourself. This is a very important topic. I want to slow down here a minute because 
all of the time, especially this is part of the conversation I was, we were talking about with Annie about this day and what Christians feel like they can do and they can't do and, and, and uh, uh, how Christians think about, well, we have this privilege and we have this license, we can do whatever we want. First Corinthians, listen to this. First Corinthians says, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is helpful. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be brought under the control of anything. Okay? So here's what this is basically saying, brothers and sisters. Okay? Yes, there are things that are permissible. But what we should use our privilege for as Christians is to show how much we love and honor God. Not abuse privilege and show it to ourselves. Here's a classic example. So let's say a kid has the permission from the father to drive the car. Yes, of course you have that permission. You have the privilege of driving the car. It's not your car. You didn't pay for it. It's a privilege. Okay? But that doesn't mean that you get in the car and drive 90 miles an hour and act like a maniac while you're in the car. How many know there's a difference between permission and approval? So we're living in a day where all of these lines are blurred. For example, let's take alcohol. Okay? It's interesting thing. As we, as we were, were talking to people last week, ask, ask Pastor Dave, ask Pastor Jose, I was asking all of these people, Chrissy, about their, their testimony, how people got saved. It was amazing. And if you were in my office, you would be shocked to see how many People were destroyed or hit rock bottom because of alcohol, even though alcohol is legal. You know, alcohol is legal. Yeah, it's legal. But is it beneficial? But does it honor God? Does it reflect the love for God? When Christians are getting lit up just like the world and drunk out of their minds just like the world, does that really show a love and a devotion and a, and a separation to Christ? I don't think so. When you're, when you're on the other side of the desk and you're trying to help a, a young man whose life was broken because his father was a drunk, it's no joke. I was in Denver. i got to put up a picture for you. Listen, I was in Denver um, this past year, and this says green man cannabis. Cannabis is, is marijuana. So now there's like stores. It's become legal in our country to buy marijuana. But just because it's legal to buy marijuana, should, should, you know, should, should the deacons and the pastors be smoking pot? You know, is that, is that where we should be? That's where, that's where this thing should go? You see, just because something is legal in this world, how many would agree we don't belong to this world? We belong to another world. Just because you have a privilege, you know, you need to think about, listen, you need to, nowadays, ladies and gentlemen, you can wear whatever you want, but when you get dressed, does it honor God? No, listen, you know, you get on these topics and you get on a roll and I want to make sure, I'm, I, I don't have an ax to grind. Okay, I'm not on a soapbox. I'm trying to, 
Oh, the, the devil is out there. The thief comes to steal and kill and everyone destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy. The Bible says we need to decide not to put a stumbling block in front of other people. Okay? When you love God and when you honor God, there are decisions that you make. Okay? Regardless of what's permissible. You see? Regardless of what's permissible. Do you know we have a, a, a brother in our church who had a, a band that was like soaring and was, he was going to be, become a famous musician with his band. And, uh, uh, and he was doing a, he was doing some, there was a, some uh, concert that they did and it was at a particular venue and the ticket, the sponsor was Budweiser. And then what happened was is, is a very young believer went to one of those events and that young believer went to this environment, everybody was drinking and partying and all that kind of stuff and that young believer he didn't drink at the thing but he went home and then he got lit up and he started a decline. Okay, we have another guy who was sober as a judge after being in bondage to, to uh, um, bondage to alcohol, and then he got sober and was serving God, and then he got invited to a wedding. And at that wedding, there was drinking and all kinds of carousing and all that kind of stuff. See, the thing that I don't get, because I grew up in the world, you know, I grew up in the world, and and I've I've been with a lot of guys that. That uh, um, when you grow up in the world and you've in, and you've lived in sin, you're like Christians do this stuff. So anyway, this guy goes to the thing. He has one drink and one. You know, for some people, you just never know. One drink, boom, and then 15 years, his his marriage has been on the rocks because because he was invited into an environment. So now you might say, well, that's legalism. It's not legalism. It's love. It's love. Love says, if I do something that will cause someone to stumble, I won't do it even if I can do it. That is what the New Testament teaches. Okay? That is the main thrust of biblical New Testament living. What is the greatest commandment? Love your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and all your strength. All your strength, all the things you do with your body, right? No, no, listen, listen. All your strength, and then it says, and love your neighbor as your, you see? And so it, this, this covers the whole spectrum of from, from where you go, who you hang with, what you wear. Do you have the privilege? Yeah. But should you abuse it? You see? Because what people do nowadays, and I got to move on if the musicians could come with. What people do nowadays, here's what they do. They find one verse and they do just what the devil did. And they leave out all sorts of context. And they make that one verse their way out. But if you're looking for a way out, you're not in the spirit, you're in the flesh. And so, so 
the enemy tries to play on those things. And here Jesus saying, yes, we have privilege. Yes, you know, we have privilege. But just because we have a privilege, we are children of God. We don't abuse our privileges. We don't do that. That's not the way we choose to live, you know. God, we can have such an amazing summer, and yet we pray every day, deliver us from evil, Lord. You know, one of the greatest works of the Holy Spirit, this is another sermon, but one of the greatest works of the Holy Spirit in your life and in my life is the work of avoidance. I firmly believe that. In other words, it does, you can enjoy life, you could be blessed, you could, you could have a great life, but there are just certain things that the Holy Spirit can say, stay away from that. You know, just stay away from that. You know if you stay away from it, it can't get you. You know, it's like just basic common sense decisions that people can make in life. Uh, if, hey, if you're a, a, a married man and a husband, look, let your wife have every single password of your life. Okay? Just let your life be an open book. You know what I'm saying? How many know when there's no secrets, there's no secrets? <laughs> you ever found that to be true? No secrets, no secrets. There are just things, places, people. And it's all because you say, I'm a child of God. I want to honor God and I love God. Okay, so second thing he was saying is, come on, devil. Just because, just because I have the privilege to do that doesn't mean I should abuse that privilege. You know, I'm not going to abuse that to, for the purposes of indulging myself, you know. It's like, this is a free country. Can you go home and put on Netflix or whatever and watch rated R movies all day? You know, yes, you can. But should you? You know, doesn't that grieve the Holy Spirit? You ever look at something and go, ouch. Okay, can I tell you something? If you look at stuff and your spirit never goes, ouch, you're either living really, really clean or maybe you've become sensitive to the point you've grieved the Holy Spirit so much you can't even hear him anymore. You know? And so the Holy Spirit is inside of us and we're like, I want to make you happy. How many want to make the Holy Spirit happy? <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, I got to go fast here. Last one. Just because you have an offer to do something doesn't mean you should take it. Here's the key to look at what he said. All this I will give you if you will bow down. He, well, let me read it. The devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written. Let's read this together. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Serve him only. And here's what he's basically saying. Just because you have an offer doesn't mean you should take it. 
How many know not everything that glitters is gold? How many know that behind a lot of offers is really bondage? You know, it looks good in the beginning. A lot of people jump at offers. Can I tell you, when you get offered a, a, a job to move and to this and to that, be sensitive. You get offered deals in life, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes I've seen people buy into a deal, buy into this and give into that offer and then say that was the worst thing I ever did, quote, that great offer. I know not every offer is great. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit, amen? The key deception is that Satan's offer today is better than God's promise for the future. Okay, next slide, guys, if it's stuck. Here it is. Satan's offer today is better than God's promise for the future. Listen, God's promise for the future is a million times better than Satan's offer for today. Come on, let's praise God to that because it's true. Pastor Jake took a trip to uh, um, took a trip to Copenhagen. He went to Europe, and um, he he said that in Europe there's a place in Europe. It's like a it's like the size of maybe Horner Park, Washington Square Park in New York, maybe a little bit bigger. Right in the middle of that city. Um, it's called Christiana, of all things. Tell me Satan's not a mocker. But it's, it's called Christiana Freetown. And in that little, imagine going to Horner Park, right? And in that area, there's no laws. So the police can't go in there and arrest some, someone. And so whatever, anything goes in that area. And, um, and when you're walking out, it, there's a sign that says you're now entering into the European Union. He took a picture of, he, of, of a sign right, right there that said, only freedom is holy. Only freedom is holy. Okay, how many know the devil is a liar? You see? Man wants to do whatever he wants to do. Look at what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs as we get ready to take communion. Listen, this is always the truth. Treasures gained by wickedness do not profit, but righteousness delivers from death. Okay, if you have to do something deceptive, something ungodly, unholy, and you think that you're going to profit, how many know there's no profit in ungodliness? No matter what the offer is. There's no profit in ungodliness. Here's what we're going to do now. We're going to take communion. We're going to pass the bread and the cup. And as we go to pass the bread and the cup, can I encourage you, invite the light of the Holy Spirit today. And just say, God, thank you. This is a wonderful day. I could worship you. Lord, turn the light on. God, I, want, I need a fresh washing of the blood. I know I do. God, wash me fresh and clean. 
God, I want a fresh start with you, oh God. Lord, today I, wanna, I want you to turn the light on if there's anything, any attitude, any grudge, any behavior. If, I'm, if, if, there's any, if I'm flirting with sin or anything that grieves you in any way, Lord, would you break that today? I want to turn away from it and I just want to honor and love you. I want to be right with you, God. I want to be blessed by you, God. How many feel that way today? So we're going to begin to pass out the emblems. Guys, if you could come quickly. We're going to pass out, and I want you to take the bread and the cup. Uh, um, you know, I'm going to step back up here because I want to talk to you just for a little while longer while they're doing this. You're going to take the cup and the bread and hold it. Okay, and then we'll take it together. I'll come back down and read something. But as, as we're doing that, there's two things that are important for me to say. Here's the last verse I want to put up for you. Look up at the screen for a second. The Bible says, for we do not have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way. How many know Jesus was tempted in every way? Just as we are. Yet, he did not sin. In other words, Jesus understands the realities of temptation. Sometimes people get tempted and, and they battle and they, they feel like Jesus doesn't have compassion. He has compassion for us. If you're here today and you're struggling with stuff, don't let the devil put you down. The Bible says there's therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. The key is get right with God. Repent, turn away from stuff and get right with God. That's why Jesus died and rose from the dead in victory and in glory. Amen. We're going to wait just one more moment and then I want to read to you. Out of 1 Corinthians, hallelujah, the Bible says, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on unto you, the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed. He took bread, and when he broke it, and he had given thanks, he, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Pastor Matt is going to, is going to pray for this bread, which is symbolic of the body of Christ. And we're going to take it in, in remembrance of him. 
Jesus, today we remember all that you've done for us, Lord. God, we thank you for your amazing sacrifice on the cross, Lord. We thank you today that the, that the curtain has been torn into, that we have access into your presence and into all of your promises, Lord. God, thank you today for the fresh start in you. Your mercies are new yes, every Lord. morning. Great is your faithfulness, O oh Lord. We love you and we bless you. And we thank you that the healing has been purchased through the stripes on your back yes, for us today. Lord. For those of us who've been serving you for weeks and those of you, us who've been serving you for years, we thank you for your wonderful grace to us today in a fresh and a new way in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take the bread together. In the same way after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood or the new contract. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim or celebrate the Lord's death until he comes. Pastor Dave is going to pray over the cup which symbolizes the blood of Jesus that was shed for our cleansing, for our forgiveness, and for our cleansing. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you for your blood. We thank you that you've washed us whiter than snow, oh God. We thank you, O oh Lord, that when your blood touches us, yes, when it covers us, O oh God, there is no more blemish, there is no more sin, O oh God. Lord, you wipe it all away. And we thank you, O oh Lord, that you have cleansed us. And I just pray, O oh God, Lord, for the power of your blood to be applied to our lives, O oh God. Lord, not only, O oh God, Lord, the, the, the remorse of sin, O oh God, Lord, but I pray, O oh God, Lord, that even... The, the effects of sin, oh God, would be undone, oh God. Yes, you said that when you Lord. came to this world, you came to undo the works of the enemy. And I just pray right now, the job that you accomplished on Calvary, may it be applied today, oh yes, God. Lord. Undo the works of the enemy, oh God. Break chains of bondage, oh God. Release from sin and condemnation, oh God. We pray, oh Lord, for a washing of our minds and our hearts. Hearts, oh God. Lord, may we think differently, oh God, as we walk out of this place, oh God. And Lord, we just thank you for your blood. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your sacrifice, oh God. We love you. We receive it. And we thank you so much, oh God. We thank you so much for what you've done, oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's take the cup together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Could we stand to our feet and just begin to thank God for washing us and giving us a new day in him, a fresh start in him. Blessed be your name, O oh God. Blessed, blessed, blessed be the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. 
Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. The everyone put your hand on your heart father we love you we praise you our desire is to honor you thank you thank you for writing a contract that I couldn't write thank you for paying a debt that I could not pay thank you Lord that mercies are new every morning with you, oh God. Thank you, Lord, that we can go from this place with our hearts clean, our consciences free and unburdened, oh God. Thank you, Lord, for your, the riches of your mercy and grace. And God, I pray, Lord God, that as we go from this place, let our, our communion with you be so rich, so deep, Lord, that when the enemy comes in, that we would be able to identify his schemes and say, away from me, Satan, because it is written. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be the name of the Lord. Bless your people. Oh God, protect, watch over in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen. Come on, let's praise God one more time. God bless you.